Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. Welcome to the Feather and Fur segment on the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. Join me, Brad Hurlebus, as we sit around the campfire with this week's special guest to talk hunting, dogs, traditions, and all things outdoors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Feather and Fur Podcast. I am Brad Hurlibus, and tonight we have Austin Mitchell on. Austin Mitchell is a fellow kayak enthusiast, hunter, fisherman, all-around outdoorsman, so let's just bring him on in. Hey, Austin. Hey, man. How's it going? It's going good. Thanks for being on the show tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Austin's been on the Paddle and Fin Network before talking kayaks, but tonight we'll talk a little bit more outdoors in general. We'll talk hunting, fishing, you know, a little bit of everything. Yeah, definitely. So how you been? Good, good, yeah. Um, just getting out as fishing as much as I can right now. Um, a little bit of spring turkey, not too much this year. Um, but yeah, other than that, not too much. Kittle's probably still a little too young for the fishing, hey? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> she's 16 months now, so she's starting to walk and do all that. But we got her out uh trout fishing once early season so that was good nice um, but yeah she's she's getting out now so nice. a couple more months and she'll be right out there with me so a couple more years and she'll be asking you to go and then, exactly. then it's gonna get real then it'll get real fun there exactly. for a little exactly well that's good man so let's talk fall let's recap let's recap the 2020 season i got you out for your first time on a waterfall goose hunt we went yes. field hunting yep um it was a very it was one of them early season hunts um if you're a goose hunter you've been out there before it was hot 
it was humid but in all my years those mosquitoes were something else like that they were unbelievable how bad those mosquitoes were i've never been in something like that before that was crazy so i have a bad habit when i get out of my truck and i'm getting like all my decoys ready and all that i'll just leave like the driver's door open and i I left the door open like normal i walk to the back and i start pulling decoys out and all of a sudden i'm like there's a lot of mosquitoes here (laughs) and i'm like wow there's really a lot of mosquitoes here like all of a sudden i couldn't focus anymore on trying to get decoys out of my truck i was like walking in circles like this is crazy so i kicked all my decoys closed the tailgate and jumped back in my truck and there was hundreds in my truck hundreds it was it was out of control like my truck sounded like a, sh- a ball full of bumblebees <laughs> i wound up leaving all my decoys in the parking lot i rolled all the windows down and i was driving up and down we were like on the side of a county highway driving up and down there at like 60 miles an hour just turned around going back and forth back and forth trying to get these mosquitoes it was out of control like it was nuts yeah i remember pulling up and you messaged me you're like is that you i'm like yes you're like don't get out of your truck. Like we're not getting out to the last second unless anybody shows up. We're waiting because it's horrible. And you were not wrong. Like it was, it was crazy how bad they were. I I've never seen anything like that before. Like I've been in tons of different like hunting areas, like from swamps to marshes to fields to corn to everything. Yeah. I've never had mosquitoes like that. No. And we went duck hunting. What was it? A month after that. Yeah, month and a half in the marsh, like where you would think mosquitoes would be horrible. And there was none there, but middle of a cornfield and they were just everywhere. Yeah, that was that was bad. I mean, yeah. and I forgot I forgot bug spray. Thankfully, you had some or yeah. that even worse. That's one thing I just I always keep a can of bug spray in the truck. I'll, I'll, it's like a couple of year I'll go through, but it's just, it always just sits in my truck, whether for fishing, hunting, anything like that. It just sits in the door of my truck. So. Yeah. That's a staple that that's yep. now in my truck along with sunscreen. I always keep a small thing of sunscreen in there I need as well. To put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise I come looking home, looking more red than I left and it's just not good. Yep. But yeah, that hunt was, it was a fun hunt. Um, is slow we did see quite a bit of birds but they want wanted nothing to do with the field we're in now yeah. for some background to everyone everyone else out there we were hunting a public field that had already been pressured quite a bit during that early season there was a lot of shell casings around like a lot of leftover hulls which we wound up picking up quite a few actually yeah but there was a lot of ge- a lot of pressure from goose hunters and then also a lot of dove hunters that were out in that field so yeah the birds we did get to work, they got close to, I could turn flocks that they were pretty call receptive and I'd get flocks to turn, but then like they'd get close to that field and they could just tell there was that memory there. They're like, yep, nope, we're going to turn. Yeah. So that was a little disappointing. I was really hoping to get some birds to really work for you on your first time. We did have that one flock work really, really well though, but they, they, they were right at that 55 yard mark and they got to that point and they're like, yep nope see you later yeah i was so close i'm like oh you guys are killing me yeah and like i am not i'm not a bird hunter i've never really been so like my shotgun skills are minimal to say the least so that you know even those like 30 yard shots with bird hunting with a shotgun i'm just like not comfortable so it's sure it's like one of those things to where it definitely yeah, it's it's tough when they're pushing out there, and then I'm inexperienced to say the least of bird hunting. So, I I, I let a lot of birds 
goal that I, a lot of other people I've hunted with will actually shoot at. I really, yeah. it to me, I'm well past just let's pound up limits. I want straps of green heads. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm well past that stage in my, I'm really out there for more of an experience. Like yeah. An overall experience is what I really shoot, like shoot for. That's my, that's what my want for my hunting every trip. I want a really good memorable experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and killing birds isn't like need that for me. Yeah. yeah. And just seeing those birds work and like, you know, like it's one of those things too. Like you, everybody says like, Oh, you're always learning from each experience, you know, like seeing those birds work and then having them work back. And like, you know, even when we didn't get them to commit, like you look at your setup, you look at, you know, your calling your decoys, what you could have done different possibly. And that is, you know, it's all part of the game. So for me too, it's like, I enjoy that learning experience more. Sure, than... It was all new to you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. getting out there and just seeing those and, you know, looking back on it be like oh what could we have done different with the decoys you know where we were sitting stuff like right. that so and we did move we did change the setup um, yep. we did after we just saw first couple of groups we tried to move where we were in the corn um we probably could have played that field a little better after after looking at it i did i scouted it from the road i didn't actually walk in it that i could have i should have probably done that i well i should have done that i should have walked in the field and really got a much better look at it to know where we were going to set up but that wound up kind of being a last minute type deal too. Cause I yeah. didn't exactly know where we were going to go. Yeah. You know, like all other waterfowl hunting, it's like, where are we going today? I don't know. We found birds here, here, and here. Okay. Let's pick one. Yeah. But then later on, like you had said, we got you out on your first duck hunt too with the kayaks. Yeah. yeah that was fun too. Um, yeah. Except for the falling in part in the morning. That was great. Ooh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I decided. So, when we were paddling in, um, I was standing up just like paddling in or whatever, and I could feel on the bottom that it was like rocky, gravelly surface. So I'm like, okay, great. So like we get along the reeds and me not thinking that, oh, the bottom surface could change. So I'm 6'5", I'm standing up in my kayak, and instead of just sitting down and, you know, like leaning over the side of the boat, I have an F uh, frontier 12. So it's plenty stable to do everything like that. I decided that I was just going to step off of it standing up. So I step off into the mud, sink all the way up to my knee, and then basically just like fall in the water, which was fine this time. (laughs) I'm glad I did it this time because it was like, it was like 70 something degrees that day. Yeah, it was warm because that was was beginning. so warm. Cause that wasn't early teal. That was no, like, that was, that might've been opening weekend or the weekend right after opening yeah. weekend. It was it early was, in the season. It was early. And it, it, I mean, it was like 80 degrees. So like I was in just my like Orvis, um, like breathable waders and I had a sweatshirt and I was perfectly fine. So luckily it was warm and I learned my lesson not to do that ever again because yeah, I can't like, I would have been done if it was, if oh, it yeah. was, colder season or something like that but oh if we would have been that, break- good <laughs> <laughs> if we would have been breaking ice to get out there and you fell oh, on that or you'd have been done i can't imagine like i look back on that i'm like just <laughs> it's just one of those things where like you look back on it and you just laugh but it's like yeah you'll never do that ever again yeah no you won't just step right off your kayak into the yeah. marsh yeah and it is it is really crazy how much deeper i i you see that quite a bit, how much deeper it is right along a cattail island than you do yeah. in other. I mean, I don't know if it's, 
I don't know why that is. You definitely get a difference in bottom. Like you definitely get more of a muck bottom by the yeah. cattails. But I, it was almost to the point in some of those spots you couldn't stand by the cattails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But farther out, you had a harder bottom, which was like waist-ish deep. Yeah. Yeah. And even like the spot that I checked when we were paddling, and I mean, it wasn't any deeper than like my paddle. So I, like just not even thinking. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to step in sure. and start setting up decoys and <laughs> fall right in. So. I remember yeah, that. No, other than that, it was good. Because all of a sudden we couldn't see your headlamp, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Got a little a, early morning swim. That was a fun hunt, though. We saw yeah. we, we saw some we saw quite a bit of birds and yeah, we had a, we had some birds worker decoys and yep. Yeah, you got you got one. I did. That, that might have been the only bird we actually got that day. Yeah. Man, if you guys are listening, thinking I'm like this great waterfall hunter, I'm not. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I, I mean, I'll have good hunts here and there, but for the most part, my breakfast is really better than my duck killing abilities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's the same with me. Is hunting for me? I'm definitely like, like I really, really enjoy it. But for me, it's more of just, like, the experience of getting out and, like, enjoying stuff and seeing stuff versus, like, the actual killing part. Right. Like, I know so many hunters who put in so much, like, it's a year thing for them, especially, like, deer hunting and stuff. And for me, like, I just have so many other hobbies that I can't put in that time for hunting. So, like, it it definitely, I just, like, enjoy getting out and doing whatever. And that's, like for the first time duck hunting and goose hunting like doing those little things like that like the first times out i enjoy that more than you know a lot of things so well, that's what i that, I'm, I'm really the same way too i do a lot of different outdoor stuff from fly fishing to regular fishing to dog training in the off season and then yeah. i do all the and then i really really focus hard and fall on upland hunting with a splash of like waterfall hunting because that's really not my primary focus and then behind all that then is even deer hunting i get out when i can yeah and then it's back to bird hunting for upland birds and then yeah. ice fishing's here and then during ice fishing season i cross country ski and it's just like it's just like this crazy like yeah anything that's outdoors i just kind of suck it in so it's yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I can't focus all year on deer hunting. I can't do like the food plots and then yep. always out there checking trail cameras and clearing shooting lanes and hanging yep. stands. And I, for people that do it, that's awesome. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's phenomenal. Like, especially like the public land hunters that I see that are like, literally like they're checking, you know, public land from, you know, it seems like May till whenever, like they're constantly on it. So it's, it's awesome. I just, I can't put in that time for it. Like I'm lucky that I'm able to deer hunt on private land, like my right. own land and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm fortunate enough, but like, so those guys that are getting out there, like public land hunting and succeeding and stuff like hats off to you guys, because man, like that is work. I can't, it, it is, I, it is amazing. It is a lot of work, especially for the, I mean, it's one thing to, go out on public land, find some good deer trails and just set up on them. And you might get lucky. You might not get lucky. You might take some, but for the guys that are actually out there scouting it hard, they're out there, they're setting up trail cameras on public land. They're out there in spring looking for sheds. They're out there in winter checking deer trails and marking deer trails so they can come back. And they're out there in summer to see what, how it's looking. I mean, 
for the guys that are out there really hitting it hard. Yeah. My, that's that's all. I give you guys all the props in oh, the world because yeah. Yeah. I'm way too ADD to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, like, the problem with fall, too, is that, like, just, like, everything gets good. That it's, like, I so know. hard. Like, fishing's so good. Like, the deer hunting gets good. You know, bird hunting gets really good. So, fall for me is, like, my favorite time. But it's just so hard of, like, what do you do in two days on the weekend or three days or whatever. So... And that is why I save every, pretty, almost every <laughs> vacation day I can, other than a handful of camping trips I do with my wife in the summer. Yeah. But we don't normally do many week-long things or anything like that. And think, and that's actually one thing that's been good with COVID is I've actually, like, I went to Florida this spring, did some fishing. I was able to work two days remote, so it only took three days of vacations to go for a whole week. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll still be able to use that because I've we've been able to prove. While I can't do my job full time remote, I could. It just had a whole bunch of complications. Yeah. To take yep. a di- to take a week off, but to work two or three days during that week remote does work. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's how for me too. Like last summer with COVID, um, we weren't allowed to use any vacation time, but we were still building it up. So unfortunately, I had like, oh, I almost had two hundred hours of vacation. Saved up, but I just got a new job that I couldn't pass up, so I pretty much lost most of that. So I was like, "Didn't have to pay it out? You didn't get a nice little?" They paid out half of it. All right, so so it works, but like that vacation time was like, I got you know, I got some, so like we're still going on vacations this summer and stuff like that. But I was like, oh, like I'm planning on you know a couple of weeks during the summer and then you know two straight weeks over the fall of you know right. straight deer hunting and stuff like that so I mean, a little like less four... deer hunting this fall but that'll be all right that was like four weeks of vacation right uh-huh. there that, yeah. that's a lot of vacation that's let's take a month let's take off all of october and do uh-huh. everything you want to do uh-huh <laughs> so a little more a little more hunting on the weekends which is fine yeah it's good i mean you get well like you said, I'm also spoiled that I have private land. So it yeah. isn't as bad hunting on the weekends for us. I mean, now when I'm out duck hunting, though, I mean, you you were out in the marsh. It wasn't that busy the day we were out there. No. But, and that's a smaller marsh. But, I mean, some of the places I'll go, I mean, it, it can be a zoo. It yeah. can really be a zoo on the weekends. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like those are like. Come fall is the time I kind of wish I worked like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like three twelves or something, and it off Monday through Thursday. Yeah, yes. that's the only time. That's the only time of year I wish I could switch my schedule to that. Like in October and November, I could work three twelves Friday, Saturday, and oh. Sunday. Oh, I, yeah, I'd be a yeah. happy man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, we're we were touch base on you with your deer hunting. Yeah. Um, you got your first buck this year with a bow. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And that actually kind of leads into the vacation time too. So, oh, beautiful. Yeah. Segway. So Look at that. We're had, professional. Yeah. So from, it was the first two weeks in November I had, I had off completely. So I was going to hunt, I was going to hunt straight through that, like straight through the first two weeks. So the 31st was the Saturday. So, okay. um, where I, where my stand was for that morning, they had actually come up. So, um, we had given permission for them to make a snowmobile trail that came up through our land, basically. Sure. Um, so it was, they came through and it was mm, probably 50 yards below my stand. 
And when they made a snowmobile trail, they made a snowmobile trail. So they basically clear cut a two lane highway. Sure. Sure. Through, through the woods. So, and I mean, they took a week, you know, heavy machinery, stuff like that. So I was like, you know, like I have a few different stands um, set up through their land that I can hunt. But I was like, you know, it's my first day of vacation. The wind's good for it. Like the wind was, the wind was perfect for it. So I'm like, I'm just going to go sit there. And you know, if I don't see anything, it's fine. Like I have two straight weeks of hunting. Like it's not a big deal if I don't see anything. Cause I was like, they had machinery in there all week, people walking through there all week. Like I was like, yeah, whatever. Like it's, I'm going to still going to go out, but if I don't see anything fine. So I got out real early in the morning and it was, the sun had just come up. Like it was, it was coming up and every hunter knows the sound of a, a doe, like the, like it oh, yeah. got spooked by something. I'm like, there's no way blowing, a doe yep, blowing at you. Yep, oh, yeah. Blowing. I was like, it was, you know, maybe like a hundred yards down below me. I'm like, there's the wind is blowing straight up, straight up in my face. Like, and it's the deer's down below me. There's no way it winded me. So I'm like looking, I can hear like blowing, blowing, blowing. I'm like, what is going on? So I look, here comes the buck up the snowmobile trail. So where the doe is bedding, it's kind of, it's below me. And then the snowmobile trail where they cut and then woods up to my stand. So this buck is literally walking back and forth on this snowmobile trail that they just cut chasing this doe so the doe would run up about to cross the snowmobile trail come up to me and he'd run up and chase her back down and then she would try to cut down below me and he would run down and cut her back off so for for probably half an hour these two chased this buck chased this doe back and forth and back and forth and back and forth running up and down the snowmobile trail that they just had cut I'm sitting there like this, like at one point I'm like, they're just going to, because where my stand is, it's kind of like halfway up a hill. Sure. And what seems to happen more often than not is they get down below me and then they just work up into the woods. So I'm like, there's, this is not going to happen. Like, and finally this doe came up to my right, still on the other side of the snowmobile tra- trail. And she did, I'll never forget this. She did one of these like football, like head fake moves where she like went down, like she was going to go back down and then ran up. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never forget like watching, like she, like she tried to like deke, like the, the buck. (laughs) So she does. She's out there breaking ankles. Yeah. It literally was like that. So she did this, like break the buck's ankle move and the buck kind of like went for it and she ran up, ran right up past my stand right underneath me. And this buck came. And I, at this point I was like, Oh, this is not going to happen. So I wasn't like a hundred percent ready. And this buck came and followed her right up underneath my stand, stopped 10 yards. And unfortunately, uh, when I shot, um, I didn't take into consideration how close he was. And I actually spined him, but, you know, it's one of those things that happens. Loaded up another arrow quick and, you know, got him. And he was down sure. within 30 seconds. I mean, he was dead. So 
within 30 seconds. So it's not my, my proudest shot ever, but it, it was one of those things where like I was, it happened so quick that I was just like, right. grabbed an arrow, threw it in. It I, took forever I, to happen, but it happened so fast. Yeah. Like you sat there and you watched it for 20 minutes, like this it, whole event playing out. Was, yeah. It and you're like, ah, it's crazy. Not, they're not going to come. They're not going to come. And all yep. of a sudden it turned and they're like, and they're, then it's, then it happened so quick. Like, yeah. it's like how you're like not even ready for it. And yeah. Like, how wasn't I ready when I've been watching this for uh-huh. 20 minutes? Exactly. And I mean, he was like 10 yards. So I put my, you know, I put my pin on him and I, you know, and I haven't been archery hunting that long too. I've never really been an archery hunter until I met my wife, actually. Um, her family's big into archery. Okay. And they actually taught me how to shoot and everything. So I've only been doing it probably maybe like seven years now. Sure. So, but the past maybe three or four years is when I really like got into it and really started to practice and stuff. So those, you know, I keep my shots like 30 yards and under. It's like what I'm comfortable with. I'm starting to get to that 30 and 40 yard shooting, but like I'm still not a hundred percent where I'd like to be. Um, but you know, it's all learning and practice and all that, but yeah. So he just came up so quick that I'm sure. And this is only my second deer that I've ever shot with a bow. I got a doe previously. So I'm sure when I shot that I either pulled it a little bit or something, but once I saw him go down quick, I slapped in another arrow and, you know, sure. Put one right through his, his rib cage and he was done within, you know, couple right. of seconds so yeah i mean yeah. I, it, I mean everyone makes a bad shot here or there and that's not yeah. even that bad of a shot because i mean i've i i, I hit a deer low in the brisket which i never recovered and i tracked yeah. blood for a while that one hurt that and yeah. i rushed that was on me like looking back i knew it i rushed the shot i made quite a few mistakes on that hunt i just i mean i just i shouldn't have shot where i did and when i did and it was a really really nice buck too and it wasn't that far away um my scenario was i had a doe and with a buck right on it walk out from my left and the buck saw me the whole time but the doe was hot and the doe didn't yeah the buck kept watching me but the doe never saw me so the buck would kind of like walk away a little bit but then the, the doe kept coming and he wouldn't leave the doe but he knew something was wrong so it was really hard for me to get like a good position and then the doe picked its head up and then the doe saw me quick and i'm like i've got seconds here to take a shot and yep. i shouldn't have taken the shot but i took it and i yep. pulled it and i shot low and i did have the buck on trail camera three weeks later and it wasn't limping or anything like yeah. so i mean i know i hit low in the brisket from the hair and the blood yeah but it still is one of those things where i really was like a i made a bad shot which really really hurt yeah b and- that was a gorgeous buck and that would have been on the wall for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, like you said, like it, it happened. It's, it doesn't matter how long you hunt for, like it's going to happen to you eventually. And like, you just have to kind of come to terms with at some point, more than likely you're going to make a bad shot and you learn from it and you just, you know, you keep practicing. So yeah, it's, it happens, but, you know, I got him. He was, he was probably dead quicker than if I would have just, you know, right threw one right through his lungs right away. Like, cause he was, he dropped and then I threw one right. I think I got lower lungs and then heart too. I mean, so he was done within, you know, sure. 
30 seconds maybe. So, you know, look back on it and definitely could have made a better shot, but it all It wasn't out, a bad so. it, it wasn't a terrible shot. No. I mean, that's a better shot than let's say liver where yeah. you have to back out and then it's hours. I mean, yep. that I mean yep. as hunters and I know myself and I'm sure I can speak for you. I'm like we we strive to make the most ethical possible shot. I mean, yep. sometimes things happen and I'll be honest, those things eat at me. Like, oh, when, oh like 100%. I, I mean, I've lost a wood, like I've had, I've shot woodcock before and I, there's one in particular, I remember my dog and I looked for forever, like for yep. 45 and afterwards I actually stopped hunting. Like, yep. I'm like, all right, we're done. Like, like it ruined the day for me. Mm-hmm. My only thought is it got hung up in a tree when it came down because we just couldn't yeah. find it. And I did look up, but probably not as much as I should have. Yeah. But that's just a guess. Cause I have no idea. Yep. I watched it fall. Like I know I hit it. Yeah, and that was with my lab, and I had a hundred percent confidence in that dog. I mean, it, he would have found that bird. Like, yeah, I saw him find, like a buddy of mine shot a grouse that sailed into a, into a pine swamp up in the north woods, and he found that bird buried underneath like a pine tree that occurred. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I had a hundred like my Griff. I mean, I rescued her at an older age. She just isn't. She just doesn't have the experience, and she'll never get it because she's starting so old. Yeah. So her, I could maybe see like, yeah, she missed it. Like she just couldn't find it. She didn't have, but him, no way. Like yeah. he would have found it. So that one hurt. Yeah. Like, that was one of those ones where it's like, this is what I don't enjoy about this. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But you got to think like, yeah, it sucks for like those, you know, those couple of times that, but you know, for how much, cause for me, like I'm pretty much out there to like get meat, like I, I hunt, you know, for a good buck or whatever, but right. for, for me, like, I want to eat whatever I get. So, you know, yes, like, you know, the bad shots happen, but how many, you know, because a deer feeds my family basically for a year. Right. So, you know, how many cows or whatever are we not killing for just that one deer <laughs> and stuff like that? So for me, it kind of not equals out, but it, you know. It I know exactly. And I know. You, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah. It was. I mean, it was learning experience, and like, too, it's crazy too. Because so, with my bow, before that hunt, so it was, oh, what was it? It was like three days before the hunt. I was shooting a drop away rest. Okay. And um, for me, I I practice all season, so I practice. Cause I'm lucky enough that my um, basement is like 10 yards oh, nice. back to front. So I'll come down like even during hunting season, I'll just, you know, shoot a couple to make sure, you know, just right. practice my release, do that stuff. I was shooting a drop away rest. And this was like three days before my, I had these two weeks planned. So I was like super excited. I noticed my like arrows were coming out of it funky. Like it was just, it was acting really weird. I looked on my fletchings and I had two black marks on my fletchings and I found out my drop away wasn't dropping away every time. Interesting. Like three days before. So I'm like, oh no, like what do I do now? So luckily um, where I take my bow, they got me in right away. And I was like, so from now on I shoot, um, standard broadheads and whisker biscuit rests because i'm not relying 
on sure. any mechanical stuff anymore on my bow because after that i was like man like i would have been sitting and had to shoot and not really notice that so i took two things away from that is i'm not shooting anything mechanical on my bow anymore and i'm practicing during season which i don't think a lot of people maybe i'm wrong but i don't think a lot of people take advantage of like shooting throughout your season like people sure. practice and then it seems like you practice up until, you know, middle of October and then it's just hunting, hunting, hunting. Right. I think if more people, you know, took the time to just shoot your bow every once in a while, I know a lot of times, like, I'll even bring a target with me out to the woods and just, you know, shoot a couple from the truck really quick. Just sure. to make sure, you know, I'm, you know, my sight are on, I didn't bump anything getting out of the stand the night before, so... um yeah, I think that's a big thing for me, too, is just, like, keep practicing through the season, too. It doesn't take long to shoot, you know, two or three arrows, and no, it not builds at all. confidence, no, too. Especially if you have a place to do it. That was where yeah. I always struggled. That's why I really am not huge into bow hunting. Yeah. I don't have a good place to do it. My basement's six yards. I, yep. I have seven. I'm seven. I took the rangefinder to it one night. Yep. And it's just not long enough for me to have any type of quality type yeah. of shooting experience yeah i can't shoot in my outside i can't shoot outside it's not even an option in the subdivision i live and yeah so between who like different friends um or the closest public ground where i would feel confident but no one's going to actually complain about me shooting a bow it's about a 30 minute drive 30 minute drive and each yeah way. that's so tough because archery takes so much practice like it you right. constantly have to do it and like you said too, like you want to make the most ethical kill, but if you're not confident in it, like it's not, it's not worth, you know, risking that shot on that deer. If you're not a hundred percent confident that you can, you know, and obviously mistakes are going to happen and everything, but yeah, luckily enough for me, my in-laws live right outside of town and they own some land. So I'm able to shoot 40, 50, 60, 70 sure. yards or whatever. So I can, it's a two minute drive for me. So able to get out and practice at longer distances too so see and that's really not that, that's where it really helps i mean yeah if i had a spot where i could go let's say once a week and go shoot 40 50 60 yards yeah but then sit in my basement and even if i'm only shooting seven yards i'm still building the muscle memory i'm still building yeah. the muscle mass i'm still working on all of the condit my body conditioning yeah yeah and but i'm not working on like the accuracy really per se but if i could go yeah. once a week to really hammer and tune in that accuracy it wouldn't be so bad yeah but being that i can't even really get that through i just don't have enough time to do it yep exactly and like for me when i'm shooting in my basement it's literally just i'm just working on my release right just i'm not even i'm aiming obviously but like i'm not really focusing on where i hit it's more of just you know feeling that trigger you know really really concentrating on my release so that's where i think a lot of people too could like if you have the space to do it like just work on your release like it doesn't hurt to really just focus on you know yeah making an 80 yard shot is awesome or whatever on a target or 90 or whatever but especially for me like because i am still fairly new to this like just getting a constant release for me is really important oh absolutely i mean that, I mean, it's the foundations. You need to like you have to really focus on the fundamentals, and you yep. can do that at seven yards or ten yards in yep. your basement. You really can. Yep. I just never, 
even with working on that, like I'd come down and I'd normally shoot five arrows a night. That's kind yeah. of what I did. I did five arrows every single night um, along with some, like I'd, I'd draw, I'd hold, and then I'd let it down easy, just like you would like in hunting, working on those muscles and things yeah. like that. Um, and I really do some longer extended hold times as well. Like you would wind up at a tree, like, yeah. so, but without having that longer shooting opportunities, yeah. I just didn't feel comfortable anymore yeah. going out with my bow. Yeah. Getting those fundamentals down. Great. You know, getting your anchor point, working on that muscle memory, memory is great too. But like, yes, like you said, you need to, you do need to still go out and shoot at distance though. Right. That is actually, I know it's a big controversy in Wisconsin, but I have a crossbow because of that. I mean, oh, I, cro- I mean, I know 100%. some people don't agree with it. I'm more of a fan of whatever you feel is the most ethical way to yep. harvest your game. And I can go out and shoot my crossbow, sight it in, and then I can shoot that once a month and know I'm yep. st- is still 100% confident in it. And 100%. For the two to three times I actually get out during archery season. Yep. It works for me perfectly. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, and even with a crossbow, too, because, like, it's everybody thinks, like, a crossbow is a slam dunk for some reason. No. And it is not. Like, last year, um, my father-in-law shot shot a buck. It basically ran up to him, and he shot it at, like, 15 yards with a crossbow, and he hit it maybe maybe a quarter of an inch and got one lung but didn't get a second one and we tracked that thing for i don't know how many two hours or something like that finally we saw it run up and we backed out and then came back and it had died where we last saw it fall but crossbows are not a slam dunk but it definitely is one of those things where you can you don't need that muscle memory it's a scope with it so right, exactly you need no. to still like if you have trigger control i mean you still have to, you still have buck fever i mean it's yep. still an arrow being thrown by a string so exactly i don't shoot more than 40 yards with it no i don't no. especially where i hunt i actually there's only one spot one shooting lane i can think of that i'd even shoot to 40. Yep. most of my lanes are 25 max because they're yep. I can't guarantee after 25 there's not a twig i can't see yeah that's going to deflect the arrow and even yep. with a crossbow or even new compound bows with help, what, 300 feet per second? Oh, yeah. Yep. Even a twig can change the trajectory enough to yep. make a good shot a bad shot. Yep. No, I'm all for, like, people having crossbows. Like, I, to be honest, I'm all for it because if people want to go out and enjoy archery season, because it is a great, like, if I didn't, re- like, because I was always a gun hunter. Like, that's pretty sure. much all I did for hunting was we'd go out and, you know, gun hunt. And it was, it was good. Like, it's one of those things that you grow up in Wisconsin. Like you, everybody kind of does it. There's a lot Um, of traditions there. A lot of, I mean, exactly. Yeah. But like, if you want to go out and experience, you know, like the rut, you know, that archery that, you know, late October, early November hunting, but don't have the time or, you know, the patience to put into like learning how to shoot a compound a crossbow is a great way to get into it. Like it right. is a great way to get into it. And they're I mean, really I st- not that expensive either. No, no, I still feel, and I do, you have to still have confidence. You still need to yes. go out and shoot it. You can't yeah. just, you can't just sight it in and say up oh, good enough and never touch it again. I yeah. don't agree with that. I mean, yeah. 
I say the same thing with deer rifles too. I go, I shoot my rifle a yep. couple times a year. I make sure it's always sighted in things yeah. like that. Yeah. I might not shoot it this much this year just because ammo's a little hard to find. I've yeah. been told. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't looked cause I'm, I'm picky when I buy ammo. I use okay. a, I use Hornady, and I use a specific type of Hornady, and I will buy five or six boxes from the same lot. Yeah. Because I just like being like that picky on it. So I still have three boxes or four boxes, and yeah, that that last me a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I still like to definitely get out and shoot, and like even like with the crossbow, because I mean it's trigger control and it's yeah. a scope. I mean you can roll that all the way back to I mean a 22 i mean or i mean let's be honest i mean you can just shoot your crossbow which is free and doesn't even need ammo exactly and like so, you still have to do your diligence as a hunter like right with with everything like you know your shotgun hunters like you're gonna go out and practice on clays or do whatever like you still have to do your diligence but it's a lot less of a learning curve i guess with a crossbow oh, versus agreed. a compound agree so and it's less continual like you don't have to you don't have to shoot every single day i mean i give yeah. all the credits to the world for, for guys that compound hunt oh, um yeah. my next purchase will be a recurve actually and i'll go actually traditional yeah. that's the, that's where i'm actually going next um i'm actually i'm going to be buying one here probably this month that's my plan and well may is over so we'll say june but i'm gonna start with using it for uh bow fishing yeah really get the muscle build up and really work on that um instinct style of shooting with no sights yeah um because that way there i can use it all summer long bow fishing and transition in fall to deer hunting with it yeah. knowing i'm not going to take more than a 10 yard shot yep so yep. i will practice at seven in my basement because three yards isn't going to affect me very much yeah yeah and like i i'd love to get one of those and like go practice like get good a hang of it and maybe do like some small game hunting with like a recurve like do sure. some rabbit hunting in the winter with a recurve or something like that. I think would be really fun. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, it's it'll be fun. I'm gonna get all set up. Uh, what my first guest ever on the uh, Feather and Fur was actually Jonathan Karch with Three Rivers Archery. Okay. So I know him through family. So I've been talking to him since then, of course. And we're gonna get myself all set up with a nice Three Rivers Archery setup, and oh, it'll, it'll be awesome. good. Because we're gonna well, because I'm actually gonna set up my new canoe unlimited for bow fishing. Ooh, okay. That's okay. that's for for it's going to be my tournament fishing boat for bass fishing on the weeknight Madison chain because there's yep. a Madison wake night Madison tournament now. I did one last year in bass boats. This year now there's a kayak option which I'm going to focus on that. Nice. But I'm going to make it so it's got so the front has a removable light setup and then on weekends when I want to go out and just goof around and do something different i'm going to have that set up with led lights and use my lithium battery and my mud motor oh, to go yeah. out there because i got the mud motor so yeah. i'll go out there and i'll cruise back into the marshes yeah and i'll just shut her down and then i'll push pull around and i'll sit out there with the long or the oh, recurve yeah. i mean and my goal is to slam some carp with a recurve oh, and a kayak and, oh yeah especially madison too there's so many like what? little marshes and stuff like that that if you can get back into it's just like Oh yeah, not even it's, that. I mean, yeah. even the chain. There's yeah. just so many. There's so many big carp on the Madison oh, chain. Yeah. If you go out on a relatively calm night, mm -hmm. like right now, I'm I, I really wish I had it right now because the clarity out there is oh, phenomenal. Early season like this is just crazy. I don't know so, how many times we've been out there musky fishing and just like 
you know, 40 pound carp comes swimming by. Yeah. Oh yeah. It makes you think like if you didn't want the, if you didn't mind the mess in the boat, it makes you wish you just had a bowl right on you. Uh-huh. Just like, Oh, let me grab that real quick. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to get the kayak set up for that. I think that'll be fun. Yeah. It'll, yeah, it'll also sweet. help. It'll also help with that muscle memory rolling into fall. And mm-hmm. I do want to get out a couple times with it. I really do. There's some, like I, I have private land I can hunt, but there's a couple of spots I know on public land that, will just be a different and unique experience. Yeah. Like the, what, like the two spots I'm thinking about like right now, like I would need to use my kayak to get to them. Yeah. So it's that whole experience of, okay, I got to use my kayak to get there. I want to do it with a re, I want to do it with the recurve. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But it's, yeah. it, I'm not out there just like, like I said, I'm chasing an experience there. Yep. Yep. It's the trial and error and like, yeah, it's that. Yeah. I've always wanted to like do some backwater, like Wisconsin river, like deer hunting with the kayak or something like that. Mm-hmm. Cause there's just so much public land along the Wisconsin. So many oh, yeah. marshes and backwaters that I wanted to do that sometimes, but it's also hard to like, be like, I have six trail cameras set up on private land. I know exactly what's out there. It's hard I to know. spend like a weekend of like exploring public. So I know, I know. Those... <laughs> That's why I said I'm chasing it for the experience. And yep. I'm not trying I like I'm not trying to feel like like you're right though, but on the public land I have my I'm on the private land. I mean I have my trail cameras. I'm out there enough or I, well I haven't been the past couple seasons, but I did hit it hard for a couple of years and yep. I know which way the deer come from normally. Yeah. Especially because of the trail cameras, but besides that I know the trails well enough, like by heart now. Yeah. I can kind of be like, well, we come over this hill odds are there's gonna be a doe right down there and i've called it more than one time and there's <laughs> been a doe right there yeah and I, it's not easy like you're not guaranteed a deer like yeah like yeah. as as easy as i'm like oh there's a deer right there it's it never works out that way i mean i, I was very thankful to get a doe if, during gun season yeah. like it, it was just a like i the previous year i was done with an eight t- 10 minutes 20 minutes after opening yeah i got that buck that's right behind me right there okay that one. nice um but this past season i didn't see many deer yeah and it, i mean it was a weird i think it was i mean but it was a great season i mean it yeah. was a great season my niece shot her first buck um her first deer and she was holding out for a buck so she got her first deer ever which is really cool because she got it because she used her great grandmother's 35 remington rifle oh that's so awesome. i mean that that's super cool like and she got and she gets it too she's like this is like my great grandma's gun and this is my first deer like she was super excited about it so she got her first buck it was seven i think it was a small seven pointer but it was great it was awesome it was, That's a, awesome. Per, it was a perfect shot and like just like watching the emotions in her was great like it yeah was, like it, it was like because it was what i feel um, yeah because you have that huge high but then you also have that low like like this creature is beautiful and I just took its life. Like it's yep. a weird mix of emotions you feel when you harvest an animal. It really yep. is. Yep. Yep. Especially something like a deer too, where it's like, it's a weird like feeling of like, cause it's such a big animal, like, like right. hunting an elk or something. Like I can't imagine that. Like I want to go and do that at some point. Like that's the next kind of like, cause I do spend more of my vacation times like fishing rather than hunting too. Cause I always consider myself like a fisherman before right. a hunting enthusiast, but like 
I do want to, before I get too old, like I do want to go and do the elk thing. And I want to do it like the hiking, like the, not the quote unquote right way, but like, you know, like put in the work and do it versus just like, oh, going and sitting over like a mud hole or something like that. Like I want to go and like, you, you want know, to go and spot and stalk. You want yeah. to go out there. You want to you want to get out there. You want to hike ridge yeah, lines. Grab exactly. the glass. Yeah, I know hey, exactly like, what you mean. We might not get one kind of thing. Like if sure. it does work out, it'll be awesome. But you know, you're you're doing it the hard way, and it might not work out. Like that's the kind of thing that I want to do it. So like I want to do it too before I get too old. So that's the next thing is like I want to go out and do the elk hunting. But like I can't imagine like walking up to something like that after you you know like you harvest right. it and everything like a deer is emotional enough. I can't imagine like hundred pound, you know, hundreds of pounds of elk, you know, meat and stuff like that. Like, it's just crazy. So, yeah, I, I, I haven't shot an, I mean, I haven't shot an elk. I haven't been out West. I haven't shot a moose or anything like that, but I yeah. know exactly what you mean. Like those bigger creatures are just a little more magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. And majestic. And yeah. they just hit a little differently. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, like, but, like, saying that now, too, like, what was it last, not, like, this, this previous spring, but the one before I got my first Tom turkey, and, like, that was, like, that was weird, too, but, like, it was, like, my first solo, like, turkey hunt, I did it all on my own kind of thing, so, like, that was a weird kind of emotional thing, too, so... I think it kind of just as a hunter, like you kind of experience it all, like for a lot of different things. So all I the agree. animals that you get. So, and I, re- I was talking to my niece about that too. And we were talking about those feelings and I jokingly told her, but I'm like, it, this just reminds me I'm not a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's okay to have like, to feel some remorse about yeah. it. It is. Yeah. Like yeah. I do. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's all part of that experience. It really yep. is. Yep. Yep. And like, it, it's good too. Cause like you, you know, you feel those things, but then you realize like you harvest this animal. Like for us, we process basically all of it ourselves. Like, you know, you see it from that time it's in the field to the time that it's on your plate. Like we make right. all of our own brats. We do, you know, sausage, you know, all that stuff. So like it's, it's from the time that you take it to the time that it's on your plate, you're like involved with all of it. So I think that's like really important too. It's like, that whole like being involved in the whole experience is, is really something too. There's something about um, how I've always said it is like, there's something about that. The only other hands that have touched it are God's. Yep. Yeah. And whether you believe in God or not, that's here nor there. But I mean, really at the end of the day, no one else has touched that deer, but you, yep. especially if you process it yourself and you make your own brats or maybe a family member that's helped you, but yeah. no one else, like, you know, what exactly that meat is you know it was wild you know it 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 wasn't pumped full of any type of chemicals or anything other than like what it might have eaten on the ground which i guess there's always a possibility but yeah and i know there's ethical farming out there and i know there's ethical ranching and i'm not saying anything against that but yeah now i would say the exact same thing if i raised my own cattle and i knew the only person that touched it was me there's just something different because you have a different experience when yeah. You were the one to harvest the animal, you processed the animal, you yeah. made food out of the animal, yeah. and then it's the whole circle. Yeah. There's just something different about that. And it's just it's that that work that you put into it too of like, you know, like I like 
I don't put in, to be honest, like I don't put in like as much hunting work as I probably should, but like putting in food plots, you know, planning out your hunt, sitting in the cold, getting up at four in the morning, (laughs) you know, like it's the whole thing of the, it finally all coming together. It's just like, it's something that, cause I always say like every single year I'm going, I'm going musky fishing till end of October. Like I'm musky fishing till end of October and then I'll start hunting. Like it, it's fine. Like I'll have plenty of time. Middle of October rolls around and I'm sitting in the tree stand <laughs> every single year because there's something, I don't know. There's just something about once fall hits that it's a very short time. It's a short window. It, it, it really, a really is short window. So it's like, I always tell myself, like, I'm waiting. I'm going to, I'm musky fishing till end of October this year. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. October 15th or whenever. And I'm in the tree stand. Last year it was, I was, I hunted from September all the way to October 31st. Like I was out there opening weekend every weekend till the 31st. It was just one of those things where I'm like, it came down to fall. It's like, I want to go hunting. So right i was out there hunting so this and that's, year we'll see but and that's also something like i've noticed too because i've had people like oh the smallmouth bite is fire right now and i'm like <laughs> and you're uh-huh. you're all duck hunting i'm like do you know how many days a year i get to duck hunt yep. 60 yep. well plus a 10 day early teal season now but anyways there's yep. the, the federal government only allows me 60 days to hunt those ducks in wisconsin yeah yep. i get to fish 365 days a year in wisconsin yep. Because yep. there's some rivers are open all year round yep. between ice fishing, open water fishing. Now we have the catch and release bass season. Panfish is always in season. I'm like, I can fish all year round. Yep. I hunt ducks for 60 days a year. That's yep. it. And grouse season's even shorter. No, yep. grouse season's louder, longer. But grouse season's a farther drive and I don't get to do it as often. Yep. So it's like once September comes, September 1st, yep. it's it's game over. And, and, my, and my wife laughs about it too because I'm like, I get 60 days to do this. I'm like, yeah. I'll cross country. I cross country ski with her in the winter. I make I folk make sure to get out with her in winter for that. We get yep. out camping. We do a lot of recreational paddling. Like we do a lot of recreational kayak trips. We've been hanging out a ton on the Wisconsin River now on weekends rather than me going and fishing. We've been taking river trips and yep. hanging out on sandbars. I'm like, I'll give you spring, fall, and winter, <laughs> or spring, summer, and winter. Yep. I'll do some of my own stuff, but I'll give you a ton of time. But come fall. Yep. If you're not coming hunting with me, we're not seeing each other. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And like you you know, like you say those sixty days you have too. And like out of how many of those sixty days is it really good too? Well, not only that, but I still work a full time job. Yeah, exactly. So it's eight weekends. Eight yep. weekends is all it is. Sixteen days is all yep. I can theoretically actually hunt unless I take vacation. Exactly. And that's if I don't and that and there's at least one, if not two weekends gone right away for grouse camp. Yep. Because I do that in October, which is over the duck season. And then depending on how deer hunting falls and the seasons fall, that loses a couple bit there. I mean, it, it's not yep. like I hunt all eight weekends. It doesn't yep. work that way. Yep. And that's why that's why when I shot my deer on the 31st, I was like, he came by. I'm like, there's no way I'm passing him up because it's my first buck. But I also right? have two weeks of vacation. It's the 31st. It's literally before, like, it's right as rut is going. I'm like, I can't pass, like, I can't pass this deer up. Like I, he's on my wall. Like he was, he's big enough to put on my wall. Like he's not not a mega giant or anything, but he's my first buck and he's like good enough to go on the wall. So he's on my wall. 
but I'm like, man, now I got two weeks. <laughs> I've just shot my deer before the best two weeks of deer hunting, basically. But it. So it what did you do for those two out, weeks? But it's like, uh, I think. Did I you fished, do all? The, did you get any late fishing? Late fishing then? I fished a little bit, and I think I worked the second week. I was like, I'm just gonna go back to work. So I think I took a week off and then just went back to work. So. Nice. But yeah, I did a little bit of musky fishing, I think. So we'll see. This year, I told myself again this year that I'm going to musky <laughs> fish more. But I have, we're getting the boat. So I think. Right, you are gonna, getting the boat. That'll yep, help. Yep. I think when, do that's you take, gonna, when you take delivery, that's got to be coming up soon. Oh, that is Saturday. We're driving up to get it. Nice. It just got delivered. Um, I just got, I actually talked to the guy today. So it got delivered Wednesday. Um, they were putting, they unwrapped it and found out that it didn't have any seats. So they called up Lund quick and Lund was actually <laughs> able to deliver them seats. So they're finishing it up tomorrow morning and it's going to be ready Saturday. So we're driving up to get it Saturday. So do you have electronics? Do you have a trolling yep. motor? Yep. All you that got, is, you got all lucky. that's going to be in there. Yeah. Luckily they had, they had a nine. So it's going to have a helix nine on the bow. It's a, Lund 1650 okay. angler, so tiller. So it's going to have a Helix 9 on the bow or the on the console, and then a Tarova 80 pound Tarova with all the the goodies up front. So nice. Yeah, it's it's fairly basic, but it it's one of those things. Like we make summer trips up north so much that now the kids getting a little bit older and. My right. wife wants to get out and stuff like that. So kayaks are great. I, I went out in mine three or four times already this year, but we need something for that little bit of bigger water if somebody ever oh, wants to come or whatever. So I love kayaks. I mean, I'm on the new canoe team. I love yep. kayaks. I don't see myself not owning a boat though. Yeah. I mean, there's just times that like, like I said, yep. we've already been, we've already done two Wisconsin river trips already, just weekend day trips. And yep. um, I sold the Ranger and I actually have an Excel duck boat now with a mud motor because I wanted something I could run rivers. I wanted, I loved my Ranger. And the only way I can describe this to anybody is that was a scalpel. And now I have a Swiss army knife. Like yes. my Ranger was phenomenal and it was yep. a great bass fishing boat, but yep. I wouldn't use a duck hunting because it was too pretty. I used it once on the Wisconsin river and got it so beached and I was an ankle deep of water. It just didn't work out well. Like the boat yep. was fine, but it was fine that time. I'm like, yep. I need something that I can run on this river safely. So I went yep. to an Excel F4 with a 37 horse gator tail mud motor. And I thought about it for a long time. I'm like, I love bass fishing and I can still bass fish out of this yeah. boat. Yeah. But what I love even more is what I experience in fall. And that's that peace and tranquility of the woods and of the water duck hunting and those early mornings. And yep. it really comes down to the fact I don't like people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I do, but I don't. Like like the Madison chain for fishing is just always so busy. And I'm like, yep. how do I get away from the crowds? I'm like, well, the Wisconsin River takes me just as long to get to as the Madison chain. And I'm like, I'll just run up river and – there's some phenomenal smallmouth fishing on the Wisconsin. And people don't realize how good of smallmouth fishing is on the lower Wisconsin. I tell people every time I go out there, like, and I've been fishing from shore a few times um, this spring already. And the size has just been phenomenal. Like I'm doing like a 16 inch average on my smallmouth awesome. right now. And That's like awesome. 
a, like I I've had too close to like pushing 18, 19 inches already. And they're so, fat like, and they're strong. Oh, like, they're, oh they yeah. just fight different. That river's got enough current, so you're actually yeah. it's a river fish. I mean, yeah, it's a and, river smallie. And people just don't realize, like, and like, it, like you said too, like the accessibility, like for kayaks and stuff like that, it's fine. But like getting a boat through, you know, the lower Wisconsin, unless you have a gator tail or right, you know, some sort of jet or something like right. that, like you're not running most of that lower wisconsin with just no a boat and i haven't so, even been really lowered on the lower i've been yeah. staying north of lake wisconsin just because it's easier like yeah you get to you go south of the, the dam you go south mm-hmm. like into the lower water the lower wisconsin river scenic waterway yep how many times did we get our kayaks beached oh we were walking you know we walked right. three <laughs> or four times at least with right. kayaks so now yeah, you it, can run a boat you can. There is yep. a chance, but I mean, you have to know the river yes. very, very well. And there's a couple people I know that can run it. Yep. Um, but you but also night- have to do your scouting and stuff like that right. too, because you know those sandbars change every single day, or not every oh, single day, but year to year, those sandbars are different. So you know you're going through even, marking even channel say, points, and I even say monthly they can change. To be yeah. honest, especially if we have a hard rain event, it can yep. definitely move sandbars around. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah that the wisconsin river is i think like especially the lower wisconsin by me because i live in sauk city so you know it's a two minute drive down there and that's what i've been right. doing in the evenings is just going down there and fishing from shore and it's just it's so good the smallmouth fishing is so good it's like, got good it musky fishing phenomenal. too yeah the right below not- the dam it's um, not like it's not for lower Wisconsin. I would say it's good musky fishing. It's yeah. not like your trophy musky fishing no. in northern Wisconsin. No, but like um, I already got, I got one um, opening day, got like a mid thirties opening day, and then we've moved a couple others. But like even like a little bit north of like once you get north on the Wisconsin River, it gets really good. Like sure. the lower, the only reason that the muskies are. Um, below the Prairie to Sac Dam, actually, like on the lower Wisconsin, because the Prairie to Sac Dam is the last dam before um, the Wisconsin River hits the Mississippi. So it's the lower Wisconsin is right there. So the only reason that muskies are in the lower Wisconsin is because they've come through the dam through Lake Wisconsin. They've never actually stocked muskies in the lower Wisconsin. So all those fish have come from lake wisconsin basically through the dam so apparently i was actually talking to a dnr um officer because they're doing studies down there the past couple of years and he's been saying that they've the musky numbers in that lower wisconsin have been very good like very good yep like 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 natural reproduction good yep like four and size wise too like 40 inch average like size wise too so like they're growing and they're getting big and you know, so it's it's definitely getting good. I mean, pike, smallmouth, right. largemouth. Um, I caught, I lost one of the biggest bowfin I've ever seen last year. Really? Walking from shore. I thought it was a muskie. Wow. That's a big one. Mid-30s at least. And they fight. They're oh, beasts. So good. They are, they're so, so mean. Good. <laughs> so good. So, yeah, I mean. The fishing on the lower Wisconsin is just so good. And then, you know, it, it's all like a lot of it's public too. So come right. fall, you can, 
you could do like a hunting, you know, fishing, you know, oh, had, kind of trip oh, too. So, and it's also great for camping. Yeah, those, those sandbars are yep. all that's power that lower scenic riverway, and you can camp yep. on those sandbars. And yeah, even north of the dam, there's I mean, north of the dam gets tricky because there's private islands, but there's also yeah. BLM up there, and there's public. I mean, you yep. have to know what you're doing north of there. South of the dam, it gets pretty. If it's an island through that area, it's pretty much public at that point. Yeah, it's pretty but, easy to figure out. So, But the thing that's been driving me there is there's no people. There's there people, isn't. but there is but there isn't people because no. like you have a lot of you have a lot of party boats and bigger boats on Lake Wisconsin. You get yep. the pontoon boats because it's a lake, but you get up past Decorah. Yep. And the river changes to more of a shallow river like the lower Wisconsin. Yep. And now it's the guys in the smaller fishing boats. It's the jet boats. It's the yep. guys like me in mud boats. And we're out there for a different reason. Yep. yep. And there's not as many of us. So, like, last Sunday we were out. It was gorgeous. It was 90 degrees out. We found a nice sandbar. We hung out. And I maybe had a dozen boats go by us in six hours. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was it. And we had a sandbar, which was, I don't know, the size of a football field-ish to ourselves. Not yep. one other person was on it. Yep. Whereas you can't even find a spot to pull over and hang out on the Madison chain. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. And like the Madison chain, like it is very good fishing. It is oh, really it's great good, fishing. but it's a different, it's a whole different beast to conquer. It is. Like it, that's why like I'm getting the boat and like I'm doing a muskie league on Thursdays, which I'm like really excited, excited for All to right. get back into and do. But I'm like, part of me is dreading just that Madison fishing experience because it's just like a whole nother like oh i forgot i forgot madison in a week not thursday weeknight league for yeah. muskies they have a tuesday that. a tuesday and a thursday league night for muskies so i'm doing the thursday night because i just i did it uh five four or five years ago um so i still know the guys that are in it and sure it's one of those things so for me it's more of like a get together and fish kind of thing versus like Oh, I'm gonna win anything or whatever. Right. So it's less about me, the competition, more about the social aspect. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely more about the social thing. But I'm like, part of me is like, oh, that Madison, that <laughs> Madison fishing experience. I've I've avoided for so long just because I've had the kayak. So like, I've done the you know go to Wingra and stuff like that, which right. is really nice because it's you know for the most part. It's just kayaks and paddle boarders and stuff. So right, there's a couple of boat. It's electric only. You get a couple yeah. of boaters in there, but not many. No, and so like, we'll see. Next Thursday is going to be the first Madison outing of the year. I'm like super excited to get the boat out, but part of me is like, oh man, like this is going to be. And I know I see this experience. And we're really dogging on Madison, but it's not that bad. I mean, it's like any other lake around yep. a lot of population. Is all is yeah. all it really is. I mean, I. Do enjoy fishing the Madison Chan. I fished yeah. it a weeknight tournament last year in the boat. I'm fish. I'm starting to fish the weeknight kayak league now. It's just there's something that draws me to the river, yeah. and not only like the fishing of the river, but the aspects like you can get away from people. Yeah, and we're able to go out there yeah. with my family and hang out and relax. Yeah. And it's it's a different experience. It's less about fishing. It's more about being on the water and in nature. That's the difference. And just like the whole just like atmosphere around it is different right. like i don't know how many times like i've gone to the river fishing and you know just like sat along shore and just like 
watched like the paddlefish jump up and stuff like that or seen the smallmouth like crashing and just like watched it versus right. like oh like oh i gotta go catch something now or whatever just like literally sat there and just watched it for an hour and been like oh i haven't even cast it or done anything yet so no and, like, i cruising like cruising around the backwaters on the trolling motor and all of a sudden you stumble into a bunch of wood ducks or mallards yep. or sand hills and you just kind of stop and watch them or i'll grab my camera and it's like it's different because it's it just as it's to me it's less about the fishing it's more about the wildlife and the yep. experience yeah whereas when i'm out on like the madison chain it's a populated area and they're great lakes they're gorgeous lakes but yeah it's surrounded by houses yep and those it's a lot of pontoon boats it's sailboats it's fishing boats it's just a yep. lot of overall boating pressure yeah and you go out there to fish and yep. you're focused on fishing and yep. less about the relaxation like when i go to the master chain i'm out there like working on different fishing techniques yep. i'm out there to focus on catching fish a hundred percent yeah and it's not the same relaxation as i'm gonna go out there if i fish i fish if i don't fish i don't fish if i run my boat up on a sandbar to hang out for an hour and don't do anything <laughs> that's all right yep exactly exactly so yeah it's i definitely agree that like and that's like why i'm keeping my kayak too because like for the longest time i was like i'm getting this boat like how much am I going to use the kayak? But like for the scenarios that like I want to use it for like the lower Wisconsin, you know, like right. for the duck hunting and stuff like that, nothing else would really work. So I'm like, no, like, cause I know the second I would get rid of it. Like I would regret, like, even if I use uh, it three times a year, exactly. It's worth it. Those three times a year. Right. Like it's, it's not like I have a loan on it or anything like that. Like right, it's right. paid for, like <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like it can sit in my garage. It's not going to rot. It's not no. like it's going to rot away or it's not yeah. wood. Yeah, exactly. So if it sits in my garage and I use it, you know, three times a year or whatever, those three times a year, I know it'll be worth it a hundred percent to keep it because it's those oh, special scenarios where I, you know, can't use the boat. Obviously I need the kayak and it, it'll make it worth it a hundred percent. So yeah, it's definitely the boat is, it's going to be a the toy. Gonna and be it's great, though. Yeah, it's going to be good, but it's definitely just another tool. And that's for... just it. And as I was looking at boats, looking to get out of the Ranger and change, I'm like, what's going to give me a good fishing experience? What can handle the rougher Madison water? What can still yeah. run shit? And it really comes to the fact there isn't a perfect boat. There isn't. I mean, there isn't. I mean, it's not yeah. like I'm going to go run and take this boat on Lake Michigan or something like that. I mean, there just yeah. isn't a perfect boat, so you have to get what's best suited for you is really what it works out to be. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. And that's that's where that kayak fills that weird gap. Like, you can use your kayak. Like, I've kayak fished for salmon on Lake Michigan. I'm, yep. more, I'm willing to take my kayak out there more than my boat. Yeah. Uh, the kayak's got different options for, like, fishing as well. I mean, like, it fills a hole, which my boat doesn't actually yep. fill. So it works great to, like open up that expanse a little more is really what yep. it does exactly so yeah it's definitely just like that the boat's another tool and right yeah so it's it's good though i'm i'm excited to get it and we'll see we'll see what happens with it so awesome well i'm gonna i pretty much ask everyone this question to kind of close it off so i'm gonna ask yeah. you what is your well, let's let's go with the three normal questions. We'll do all three. All right. If what is your like, if you could hunt one species, 
like what is your dream species to haunt okay um we'll I take I do, I would do an elk hunt, like an elk, elk hunt in like Idaho or something like that. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Just majestic Rocky Mountain range yep. elk hunting. Yep. Yeah. I think a moose hunt in Alaska would be really cool too, but I, uh, an elk hunt is just like one of those things where like, yeah, elk hunt. All right. And you kind of answered my second question, because if you could travel anywhere in the world to hunt, where would you travel to? Like destination oh that doesn't answer that question so if you could travel anywhere where would you travel would you hunt travel? yeah or fish or fish oh, hunt fi or fish okay hunt hunt i i've heard the hunt i haven't looked into it enough to like comp but i've heard the hunting in new zealand oh is amazing oh for sure so i think hunting would be new zealand new zealand or alaska for hunting fishing a hundred percent I'm already like budgeting it out for fishing because it's just, it's one of those trips, but the Seychelles, I want to do the Seychelles. I want to do Cosmolito. I want to do GT on the fly. Like I'm already budgeting <laughs> it out. It's in the 10 year plan already. Nice. So it's like it's, but it's got its own savings account right now. Uh huh. But nice. you're looking at, eleven thousand dollars for just the trip <laughs> but it's like it's one of those things where like it's a once seychelles, in a lifetime one yep seychelles cosmolito is sure the, is the trip and then last but this is really important for like me and one thing i really actually what do you have like what's your favorite tradition when it comes to hunting do you have a tradition that you do every single year it could be for deer hunting oh. Or if you have like a fishing, like if you do a fishing trip every year, like do you have a tradition that you guys just won't miss for anything? Mm, that's a good one. Like for Ooh. deer hunting for me, uh, Steve and I, we wake up at 444 because that's the magic time. And that comes okay. back from Escanaba in the moonlight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like that's just a silly tradition we have. We wake up at 444. I don't think like, to be honest, I don't think I have any like, real traditions that i do like for deer hunting like we would always go like for the first two years that i deer hunted we went um my grandpa belonged to a hunting cabin like a okay um up north by crivets sure um wisconsin so like we went up there the first two years so that was kind of like the tradition of like spending the time up there but other than that i mean other than getting out like opening morning gun deer season you know kind of like sure you know, maybe setting out the orange clothing, you know, the night before to air it all out and, you know, that sort yeah, of Yeah, because you really don't do a deer camp or anything, do you? So it's hard no. to really have traditions. Like, like you can have your own routine, but it's yeah. hard to have traditions if it's just, just yourself. I yeah, get it. Exactly. So, like, and, like, last year, too, was the first year that I didn't even gun hunt. Sure. Um, Or, no, the previous year. Because I had shot my doe and like i said i only hunt for meat so our freezers right. were full and i was like i i didn't even go out to be honest so <laughs> um yeah I, I guess i don't really have like traditions maybe i should come up with one i'm sure once the kid gets older and she wants to go hunting and stuff like that i'm sure we'll come up it. with something so right that'll change it some sort of like you cook dinner on yeah. friday night or play games or something you'll i mean You'll have something that'll just happen and you'll be like, this is a tradition for us. Exactly. Now. Exactly. 
Well, it's been great talking to you, man, and catching yeah, man. up. I haven't seen you in a while, and definitely. I mean, you had a good, you had a good 2020. Yeah. I mean, even with COVID, I mean, you had oh. great hunt. I mean, your hunting was great. Mm-hmm. Hunting was good. Fishing was good. So yeah, it can only get better this year. I mean, I've already caught the same amount of muskies that I have last year this year already. So I got See, one. I... So... <laughs> <laughs> so it can only go up from here. There you go. Well, all right, Austin. Uh, I really appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, man. Anytime. Thanks Absolutely. for having me. Everyone else, thanks for joining in. And until next time. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.